All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, dropping the gloves. John Scott Tim Morrisberger here. I hope everybody's doing well. How about that Nate Gerby interview earlier this week? That was a lot Not of fun. Bad. Yeah, he was he was a good interview. Yeah, I guess size doesn't matter when it comes to personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was good. He but was he a lot was of fun. fun. Funny stories. Uh, we got some good feedback online. I posted a clip the other day or today of uh, him talking about when you sent him after Sean Thornton to go start yeah. start things because because. He said, uh, what, Sean, tell, tell Sean John's looking for him. I said, go hit Sean Thornton from behind and tell him <laughs> to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you'd have to do sometimes, right, to get someone to answer you the know, bell. It was just when I played, there wasn't many fights. You know, I think people were a little more cautious. They didn't want to get embarrassed on national TV and become like a meme or whatever, you know, well, this, whatever the, the thing was back then. Did things change at all after the Westgarth fight? Um, I think initially in Minnesota, I, my first year I did fairly well where I really beat up a lot of guys pretty early. And I, like, I talked to guys like Bisonette and McSorley and all these guys and they say, yeah, we fought 20, 30 times. I'm like I never fought the most I fought in the year was in the AHR. I think I fought 10, 11 times. Yeah. So I just, I never was a quantity guy. I was a quality guy. Well, I've I watched, said it for years. I, I would try to beat somebody's doors off the first few months of the season and really set the tone so guys wouldn't ask me to fight. So that was my strategy. There it is. Yeah, I watched that clip of you versus Sean Thornton, which I, don't, I honestly don't think I've seen until I probably watched that game live like 10 years ago. I don't think I've seen that clip since. I mean, it was barely a fight. You strong-armed him, got a couple shots in, and that was it. He was down like a sack of potatoes. Worked him. He tried to get in close. We, I remember lining up. First shift, first period. I'm like, all right. And he's like, we're going to go big boy. I'm like, yep, let's go. And he's like, are you going to square up? I was like, absolutely. And he tried to grab me right away. 
and I kind of kept him at bay. And that's what – like, he, he went for the jump, and I, I kind of stiff-armed him, and then it was over from there. He couldn't get a grip, and I just went to town. And I, I think I hit him in the back of the ear, and he said he just went black. So What does that mean yeah. when he says, do you want to square up? What does that mean? Do you want to drop the gloves and square up, or do you just want to grab each other right off the draw? Because he you know grabbed I mean? you right off the draw, right? So he did not want to square up. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, and I did. So he, he said something with the effect, I don't want to square up or what are you going to do? And I was like, let's just go, man. Cause I don't really like talking too much before a fight. I just wanted to like get, get to it. So he tried to grab me and I, I got a pretty effective at this. So throughout my career is if I knew I was going to fight somebody, I usually took a step off the line. So, cause I, like I squared up every time cause I had the reach advantage where the guys would try to dive in and grab me right away. Right. It happened all the time. They want to get inside, right? Yeah, and so I would just always take one or two quick steps back, square up, and then I could kind of get my bearings and get my get my length to work for me there. But yeah, that was a good fight. And then right after the fight, I, Chara was right there, and I pointed at him. I was like, "He's one, you're two. And I was trying to look <laughs> for Lucic, but I couldn't see him. So yeah, it was a good fight, good good result. Anyways, good stuff. How are you doing with the, the whole quarantine and staying home? It was a good week this week. Do you know why it was a good week? Why was it a good week? The results are in Ugh. from the draft. It was epic. It got millions of votes. I was hoping we could squeak by without talking about that. No way. You owe me breakfast, and I'm, I'm talking a fancy breakfast. Like, we're, we're going maybe a brunch. No, I'm going to bring you a granola bar and an apple. No, no, no. This is a brunch where we're going to hit up, and I might get a breakfast burger and with a side of French toast and maybe a cocktail to boot. What do you think? Bloody Mary. I think I think I deserve it after that beatdown. It wasn't team. a beatdown. We got, I don't know how many, like 300, 400 votes, and you got 54% to 46, something like that. It was pretty close. Um, Popular vote. I, I, I wonder if the teams that voted for you even looked at my roster. I have to, you know, there's, you know, it just doesn't really make sense to me, especially on Instagram. The comments were overwhelmingly in my favor, but the Twitter vote, Went the mm-hmm. other way, a little strange. All your, all your friends commented on my Instagram account saying, uh, Tim, you had a great team. You're, you're my only friend, John. What was the result of the EA Sports simulation? So one of our, uh, our listeners, I'm blanking on the name. Sorry, I'm going to have to tweet him after to make up for it. But he sent uh, an invitation and said, hey, I'm going to live stream this game tonight. I think it was like a Friday night. And, um, and I dropped in for a few minutes to watch and, and say hello to him. And um, he... It was funny. It was fun to watch. It's almost like watching a real game. These new games are so realistic. And he so no one was playing the game. It nope. was a computer. Two computers going at it. Exactly. And I think he worked. He worked nights, and he was just um, just sim- simming on his computer or his Xbox while he was kind of in the background. But uh, the final tally was four to three overtime in your favor. Oh, so I won the simulation. Nick Backstrom got the goal. Um, just a silly little dinky goal. But yeah, it was it was it was close. They're definitely close teams. I think, it's And then everybody's ripping teams. on my goalies, and Miller had like 50 saves. Yeah, he did. I, one of the things that I, I, I saw online, some, some feedback, and I think it's fair, was how probably inexperienced my team was compared to yours um, in real life. Like, I mean, you got Marshand and, and Crosby. Those guys have won. They know what it takes. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I, I, don't, I would challenge that a little bit because I think of like John Carlson and Hedman in the back end. I got Bennington – you know, um, Edmund hasn't won anything. 
Yeah, but he's he's been there. So he's a choke artist. He's not a choke artist. Anyway, um, it was fun. It was it was it was hard to. I thought I was honestly going to get like seventy percent of the votes. Like as soon as I, I looked at the draft, the teams after the draft, and I was like, man, this isn't even close. His team is not. I don't that know how good. you can think that when when you when you win a championship, you need defense and centers. That's what you win. That's what you base your team on. If when you're asking any GM or owners. What are we looking for? We're looking for strength down the middle, and we're looking for D, defensemen. And that's what I had in spades. I had great depth from one to four and one to six. My one to fourth line was great. They, you know, there was a few picks I regret. Debrinket, I don't think – I just like the Hawks, so I grabbed Debrinket. I think I could have did better there. And my goaltending, I messed up a little bit. You did mess those up the, the goaltending. There were a couple picks I regretted picks. too. Yeah. Yeah, you should not have gotten Muzzin. I don't know why you picked him. That I was like a him. terrible pick. That's yeah, a bad pick. Yeah, it wasn't a great pick. But, I mean, not a terrible player, but probably not the right pick at the right time. Um, but overall. Me, yeah, I think I, sh- I shouldn't have picked Nylander as well. We'll do it again. If, if this quarantine ends up for another six months, we'll do another one. Yeah, I like the idea you said of, of doing the worst team you could possibly draft uh, while still hitting the salary cap. That would be kind of fun. I think that, but no, no, no. While maxing out the salary cap. I mean, you can't max out like the math. Let's say you have to get at least 75 or something. I mean, it's hard to get exactly 83. Well, you got to get 80. Well, so you have to get to $80 million yeah. and dress the worst possible team. And then we'll sim that game. And whoever wins actually is the loser. Without, right. Without looking, who do you think would be the first pick? Just off the top of your head, any guess? Erickson, Jonathan Erickson. He's up there. But how much does he make, though? He makes like four or five. There's someone. There's got to be someone with the worst contract. Bobby Ryan, probably. Yeah. He's got a bad one. What about those goalies? I would, like, is I that... would carry Price, $10 million. Yeah. There's some bad contracts out there. But then a lot of these guys are retired, so it's like, do we, do we take those guys who are just retired who have bad contracts? It, it, there's a lot of guys who have bad deals. Pretty It'll much. Be- that would be fun. The Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. But I think I won. I had the better team. I know you tried your best. It was You had the, the entry-level contracts going for you, but all in all, I think I had a better draft. You made a mistake. I saw someone commented where you just started drafting defensemen even after I had six defensemen drafted. Yeah. You, know, you should, should have cooled it on that. You know who I had on my list I was going to pick was Chara. Yeah, he was on my list too. Two million bucks. I was trying to get him as a six seven D man, but it just didn't work out. See that's next year. That I could have picked him over Brandon Carlo for two million bucks. Carlo is a bag of nails. He's, he's so bad. He's not. He's not. You never even watched him play. He's very, very good. But I probably played against him. No, you didn't. He's probably yeah. I don't think so. He's, he's only been, been in the league two like years. Three years. I played in the league three years ago. You he's played terrible. in the league four years ago at least. And you weren't even in the league at that point. Oh uh, bro, I was saucing and scoring like you wouldn't believe he's yeah. brutal he's big a big a dog putting brutal. up points out in uh in nova scotia or whatever wherever you were it's newfoundland i actually did put up some points out there not bad playing 20 minutes a game all right let's move on let's move on so we tweeted out about making your all-time mount rushmore yeah and it got a lot of, it got a lot of pickup all, all these outlets went nuts all over it and it wasn't even that crazy to my an idea like it's probably oh. been beat, beat to death over and over again. But we were just trying to think, and everybody does the typical. You're you're probably going to pick. I don't know your picks. You don't know my picks. So the hockey, the person who doesn't know hockey, they're just going to go with the four most famous names. 
And I, I could probably name your team right now. I'm not Stop going to. Trying to set me up to just you just can't help yourself. Well, it's just, the most famous I, names for a reason, John. It's not just like this made up thing. Yeah, they they do. They had a good so okay. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give our Mount Rushmore of hockey players four hockey players that we think were are are the four best players of all time, Tim. Or had yeah. the four best hockey careers. I mean, that's that's the balance, right? Like, I, I could say I could make an argument that three of my guys were. Yeah, I'm gonna say the four best players of all time. And just in the NHL, because I could make an argument for um, Trechak or other guys like Fatisov had a, had a big spell in Russia before he came over. Yeah, guys like that. So I think we have the best NHL career. Okay. Well, because well, I had a heck of an AHL career. Hold on, it doesn't though, count because my NHL stats. Certain guys might have had NHL careers cut short. But while they were there, changed the game. Hey, if you want to say you played three or four years and you changed the game and you belong on Mount Rushmore, all, all power, more power to you. So okay. let's just see what we – I know where you're heading with that. I know where you're, you're hedging your kind of argument right now. You're just setting the stage. So I like, I like where your head's at. So I think we don't even have to bother with the first one. We're all going to have Wayne on there. Yeah, I don't know if I saw one list that didn't have Wayne on it. And how could Look, you, right? He's the Michael Jordan of hockey. He has done everything. He set every record. The Tom Brady. He is, he is the Jim Kelly of hockey. He just has done it all. So I don't even think we have to argue that. 99, like I got his bottle of wine in my wine, my wine room <laughs> from Wayne Gretzky. So anyways... Would you like to to have the honors of the first, Tim, or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay. I am going to – this is what I wrestled with, my mindset. I wanted to put a goalie on this list. Just for the sheer fact that it's such an important position. And I thought the obvious choice was going to be, oh, boom, Martin Berdur. That's the obvious choice. See, he would he would be my third best goalie. You you probably would think Patrick Waugh. And Hasek. And Hasek. See, Hasek was the one who I went back and forth with in Brodeur. Yeah. I was like, who do I pick, Hasek or Brodeur? I wrestled with this. I know Hasek had a career before he came over to the NHL, so that played into it where he didn't put up a full career here. That was to your point earlier, what happens. That's why I was trying to get clarification on that. But I'm going to go with Brodeur. When you look at... Wayne Gretzky and his offensive stats and how much further ahead he is from the next closest guy. That's how Brodeur is with the goalies. There is that much of a gap. I didn't realize how far ahead he is in the other goalies. He has 691 wins. The next closest to him is number two, Patrick Waugh, 551. Wow. That is 110 wins behind him. Is that including playoff wins? That is regular season wins. Wow. So that is an incredible, an incredible gap between those two guys. And it, and I know, listen, Broder, they played the same. Well, Broder played 200 more games than he did. So he had the longevity, but he just, you just can't ignore those stats. He doesn't have the best save percentage. He's middle of the pack. His goals against is top 10 all time. But when you have that many wins, he has 125 shutouts, 125 shutouts. The next highest is 103 in Terry Sajak. Like, he, he blows away the competition. 
that that's who I have. It goes Gretzky and Brodeur. Boom, boom. And then to add on top of that, all his playoff and interna- international success. He's won Stanley Cups. He's won gold medals. He's been the best goalie on a gold medal team for Canada. Like, that's he is my number one. There. Gretzky, Brodeur. Did you ever play against Brodeur? Yeah. Yeah. Good goalie. Great guy. <laughs> I, my, well, I, when I was with the Rangers, I was trying to fight Jansen or Bolton or someone on the team. I was trying to stir something up. I think we were down by two. Bolton was trying to go after um, Prust. And I was out there trying to chase him around and Jansen wouldn't fight me. So I kind of went and fake ran Brodeur a little bit, like bumped him. And uh, Jansen, we came, uh, he came after me. We fought in front of the net. I was so tired, but yeah, it was funny. I bumped into him. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was funny. So anyways, that was my pick. It was either him or Hashik. Hashik has better numbers when it comes to save percentage and just overall wins per games played. But I got I to gotta give it to Brodeur. All right, you're up, Timmy boy. Okay. Um, this one was an obvious one for me. I think I had a couple obvious ones. Um, I'm going to go with number four, Bobby Orr, um, which I think is the one that you knew I was setting up for. I mean, when you think of players that, that change the game, I think he's – I mean, you could use the word arguably, but I think he's definitely the best defenseman of all time. He's put up numbers that are just ridiculous. Some of his, you know, his peak seasons are almost like Gretzky-like as far as how much further ahead he was in the league than everybody else. And I think he's the only defenseman, someone could correct me if I'm wrong, the only defenseman to ever lead the league in points, and he did it twice. Um, just, just silly numbers. He totally, you know, before his time, you weren't seeing any kind of stats like that from a defenseman. They were shut down. They were defending. And now he's com- coming in, scoring like a forward. And he's so fast, he can get back and, and you know, stop the play. So um, not to mention, as far as, like, being an ambassador to the game, he's he's just, you know, he's a legendary as far as, how nice he is, how kind he is, how much he gives back to the hockey community. He's definitely a face that you want um, on that Mount Rushmore. So number four, Bobby Orr, that's my number two pick right there. I, I wanted to put Bobby on the list. I really, really did. And I, he's the obvious pick. He, he, is, he changed the way the game was played. Before he came into the league, defensemen never really jumped into the rush. They were always way 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 into the play after the forwards had already entered the zone like the idea of an offensive rushing defenseman did not exist before Bobby R he changed the way the game was played his major hack was his knees he only played 650 games that to me I listen as a hockey romanticizer romanticist romanticizing the game. I don't know how you, how you say that, but I, that part of me wants to put him on the practical side of me says he did not play long enough. Like if he would have had a full career, if he, if he would have played the same amount of games that Paul coffee, Al McKinnis, Phil Housley, Larry Murphy, he would have had 2000 points. Like he would have had 2000 points and that's insane to think for a defenseman. So I wanted to put him on the list, but I'm not going to, I, I, I can't do it. I am going to put a, I'm going to put Ray Bork on the list. Yeah. Another Boston defenseman. Um, I am partial to him because he was my favorite player growing up. I grew up watching the Bruins. He was my guy. He was the best defenseman for 20 years. He carried his team. He, he was the young captain for the Bruins. He power play, penalty kill, never missed a game. He did everything you wanted him to do as a defenseman. 
He made, I think, 19 all-star games in a row. He scored at least 10 goals every single year he played, even when he was like an 18-year-old rookie. He won the Calder Trophy as the league's best rookie. He was named – how many times did he win the Norris? Five times he won the Norris as the best defenseman in the league. Like, you can't ignore all of that. I know he, he wasn't as flashy as Bobby Orr. He didn't have the booming shot of Al McInnes. He didn't fly up and down the ice like a Paul Coffey. He didn't play that type of game. He just was a steady-as-she-goes defenseman. It wasn't sexy. Like, he's, he's not one of those guys you, you, you see him play. He's like, man, that guy, like, really stands out. No, but he did put up five, 1,579 points. Like, you, you can't sneeze at that. He's got 173 power play points, the most for any defenseman. He's got the most points for any defenseman. He's played – well, Chelios has played the most games, but, like, he's right up there in games played. You just can't ignore that. So, with that being said, Ray Bork is on there. And that that's the one I know I'm going to get a lot of heat on just because people, when they think of defenseman, they go, oh, well, Bobby Orr right away. Oh, not him? Well, let's just um, – gosh, what's the, what's the next guy? Brian Leach or a Doug Harvey or uh, a Dennis Potvin, guys who've won multiple Stanley Cups, Paul, Paul Coffey's. Got to go Ray Bork. I'm sorry. I love Bobby Orr, but I'm going with another Bruin, number 77, Ray Bork. Ray Bork, plus he, he could have – he has a moment that could rival yours and a few other moments that just one oh, of the I best know. scenes in the history of sports, um, him raising the cup in Colorado. I mean, it was just amazing. The city of Boston, all of New England was cheering for him. We had a parade in Boston for him. Did, <laughs> Did you really? win? Yeah, there was a parade in downtown. That's how much he meant to the city, and that's how much you know. That's how big a deal it was. Um, so that's a good pick. You know, arguably was that was that in Southie? Yeah, <laughs> no. Matt Damon was there and Ben Affleck. All right, all right, that's enough. All your boys. That's enough. Go park the car. Have a, all right, go ahead. Speaking of boys, so, guess who I was texting tonight? God, beer on. Yeah, Gerby. No beer on. What do you and Biron have to talk to say to each other? That's private, John. It's none of your business. Honestly, though, who who's who initiates the text? Doesn't matter. You do sometimes. Say, what do you What are you wearing, Marty? What are you doing? I miss you. Yeah, he's like lose my number, Marty. You're the best. Love you, man. What do you Stay say cool. to him? Honestly, what do you say? It doesn't matter, Marty John. Biron. All <sighs> right, my pick. Right. Um, I'm gonna text Marty Biron right now and ask him what you say. <laughs> I probably don't even have his number. Stop trying to embarrass me. Okay. Well, you're the one who brings it up. I don't even have his number. Isn't that funny? <laughs> that is really funny that you have his number. That he texted okay, us right ahead. after the show last year. He just apparently just didn't even add it. I did not save Marty Buran's number. Okay. That's how Showtime I am, where I can just not save his number. All right. You're still Showtime, John? Sorry, Marty. I wish I would have. I have Marty Havlats and Marty Turcos. I don't have Marty Buran's. Both good Martys. All good Martys. Um, remember right. that hit marty havlak got buried by cronwall yeah the first big cronwall hit <laughs> were, you, were you on the team no or else i would have went after cronwall but yeah what a hit he got cronwall anyways all right sorry your your third pick let me guess gordy Howe. okay so the next pick um might surprise you it's i guess you know it's predictable um yeah gordy Howe. So, and here's why. I mean, if you think... Oh, it is Gordy. It is Gordy, yeah. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, and I knew you were going to predict all these, but I mean, he's Mr. Hockey, right? I mean, he played... He's going to balance out Bobby as well as far as, like, length of career. I mean, he played in, like, four different decades, something silly like that. Um, Played in multiple leagues, and he's putting up 85, 90, 100 points back when they were only playing, like, 65 or 70 games. I mean, he's just 
amazing. And he was also like the best player in the league and the toughest in the league for just decades. You know what I mean? He was just so strong, so talented, such a leader, such a, uh, you know, philanthropist. He was really, really good. And um, he's again, a guy like Bobby that just kept giving back. He, he aged so gracefully and he's someone that you want on your Mount Rushmore to represent the league, to represent the sport. I mean, how much more can you say about, about Gordie Howe? So he's my number three there. Yeah, you can't, you can't really argue with Gordy being on there. Like, if, if Mount Rushmore had six spots, I'd have Bobby and Gordy up there. I, it only has four spots, though. So, yeah, he, he is the sentimental pick that I want to throw on there, just like Bobby Orr. But I'm not going to. Um, I think when you do a Rushmore, you can't just throw four forwards up there. There's different facets to the game that not everybody realizes. Like the, the casual fan like you just wants to put up the forwards who put up the points and the one defenseman who everybody loves, Bobby Orr. So I think the, the people who know hockey realize that he is a great player, one of the top five players ever. Can't be on that, can't be on that Mount Rushmore of hockey. But picked him. <laughs> you are so twisted up in your own like strange logic. It's crazy. Why? How is that strange? Yeah, you're you're just going out of your way to make an argument to put me down without even making. No, any kind I was of sense. saying that's a that was a good pick. It was yeah. a good pick. But there are better players that deserve the spot over Gordy. As as much as I it pains me to say, there's no way Marty Brodeur is going to be a better spot deserver than Gordy Howe. The only reason you're saying that is because Gordy Howe has passed away and he's older. If Marty Biron had these stats Brodeur. and was 80 years old, what would I say? Biron. Marty, <laughs> if Marty Brodeur had these stats and he was 85 years old, you would have a different um, thought process. You, you would not be saying the same thing. Gordy gets that vote for you because I think he has done so much. And so he did do so much in his whole life. It makes but sense. When you just, yeah. When you just look at the numbers – Marty did so much, and so did Gordy. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to slight Gordy, but Marty just did incredible things in his career. Well, it makes sense. Well, that's as, what I'm saying to me as a as a casual hockey fan who doesn't really know anything about the sport. It's fact, right? Okay. Now you're starting to now. Yeah, okay. You're Catching starting to on. get it. Okay. So my last bust, and I'm doing these busts in order. This is how I want them. I want I want Wayne, then I want Marty, and then I want Ray. And then I purposely put this guy at the end so we can get the side angle of his hair flowing out the back. Jeremy Jagger wow, is my fourth bust on Mount Rushmore. He is top five in points. He is, well, sorry, number two in points. There's only two guys who are top five in goals and top five in assists. Wayne Gretzky and Yarmie Yager. He had an incredible career. He has carried teams. He has done everything you wanted to do. He played until his forties. He was an incredible teammate and he was over a point a game guy. And he played 1700 games. Like usually guys at his age, they, they see a, a downward spiral. Once they hit 35, this guy produced well into his late thirties. He even left the game and came back and was still a productive player. I just don't know how you cannot put him on the list. He did everything, his points per game, his goals, his assists, his talent, his size. He just was an incredible player. And I know Mario Lemieux, I, I wrestled with him a little bit, but 
again with the injuries. I, I can't do it. They were, they were similar players. Lemieux and him, big bodies, put up a lot of points. I know Lemieux only played 900 games and he put up 1,700 points, which is ridiculous. If he plays 1,500 games, he is beating Wayne Gretzky. I get that. I just, I guess I put more stake into longevity than I did pure talent because there are guys who are out there who are pure talent, like a Pavel Bure, a Mario Lemieux, like you said. They were rockets. They were superstars, but then they got injuries. It's like, I don't know. Like, again, it was Bobby Orr, Ray Bork, Yarmer Yager, or Mario Lemieux. I didn't, I didn't know who to pick. I went with longevity over sheer star power for a short amount of time. They were like a supernova. They burned so bright, they burnt out so fast. I went for the longevity, the shooting star that just lasted for 20 years, 25 years. But it, uh, it's not a 25 years that didn't do anything. It's a 25 years that was crazy effective and crazy, crazy good. It's not like a Ryan Getzlaff when we were talking about last couple of weeks ago who, oh, he's got a long career, but you know he's not putting up the same points he did when he started his career. Yager and Bork were consistent through their whole career. Like they were all-star caliber players for 20 years. I don't think you can say the same for a Getzlaff or even a Patty Marlowe, you know? So that's why Yarmie Yager's up there. Second overall in points. Only one of two guys to be in the top five for assists and goals. International success. I played in the all-star game with him. Not, not a big deal. My last game I played in the NHL, I started the game. I lined up against him. He leans over. He's like, hey, heck of a career, big boy. I was like, yeah, thanks. He goes down and buries one. First shift on me, minus one. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Yarmer. I was like, come on, man. So I, I got to give it to Jags. He's my last one. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds, hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or, you know what? Let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Open 24 hours a day, all online, including their $750,000 poker series. Listen, if you're into prop bets, entertaining bets, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock prices, and even the weather to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. But be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Man, what, that's a great pick. I've actually, I was, I was leaning pretty heavily on him too, um, because oh, nice. I like the idea of having someone who wasn't Canadian on the list, and you can't. Okay. He's really the only, you know, non-Canadian who could really make a, a strong contention for this list. If you think about the just like one. the international game, the international sport, and growing this, especially in Europe, he came over coming out of like a war-torn um, Czechoslovakia, and you know, in the, in the the height of the Cold War. Um, just a fascinating story, fascinating life, and obviously on the ice, you know, top five player to ever play the game, I think. Um, so I could easily have picked, pick. I could have easily pick. picked him, but because you picked him, I'm not going to. And I'm going to go with, again, uh, an obvious gimme pick, but I'm going to pick Mario. 
So here's, here are my thoughts on this. And I think if nothing else, he's the only guy I think besides Wayne that you could seriously contend to be the best player that ever played the game. He's the only one that you can, that you can make an argument for to hold up a candle to Wayne. And if you think about like, I mean, talk about all time points, Yager had 1921, um, and Lemieux had seventeen twenty three, so two hundred less points and eight hundred less games. It's isn't that crazy? It's insane, um, and it's actually crazy to think about. Like Lemieux, he's the only one. I mean, he's the only one in the top like thirty five who played less than a thousand games. It's just nuts. I know. And then points per game, Gretzky was incredible. He almost had two points per game. Lemieux was right behind him at one point nine, one point eight eight. Like, it's just incredible the amount of points he got per game. And Yager's not even in the top 25. Like, he's, he's way down. He's like 1.1 a game because he just played so long. I wanted to put Lemieux on the list. I really did. And the, like the, he, the funny thing about uh, Gretzky, too, I don't know. I mean, if, if you go back this far, if you ever played fantasy hockey like in high school, but um, when Gretzky was still playing, he was so good and touching automatic, like he would win the league for you no matter who, what the rest of your team looked like they would separate his goals and assists into two different players. So you'd have Gretzky's goals and Gretzky's assists would be two different players in fantasy No hockey. way, really? Yeah. This is back when you had to do it like in a newspaper and get the stats from like through the commissioner and stuff. And he would send out, you know, mail with the updated standings back in those days. But yeah, he was just, because he was just too obvious. You pick him and you wow. win the league. That was it. It, it. More than like Crosby or McDavid or even like Mike Trout in baseball, like didn't matter um, who, what the rest of the league looked like. If you had Gretzky, you won. That was just it. So. And even then, I probably they probably still dominated. Um, but I want to pick Mario. Um, you know, just just an unbelievable player, unbelievable career, cut short by injuries. But again, he's someone that you could argue is the best player of all time. So I can feel good about having him on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I like that pick too. Like my heart when we first started talking about this, I was like, okay, easy. Lemieux or Gretzky, and then I was kind of hung up on the fourth one. Those are my three that were locked. But then when I kind of dug into it a little bit, I was like, yeah, like Lemieux, he's just such a fantastic player. But he did like he had the terrible Hodgkin's lymphoma, then his back, and then all this other stuff, and then Bobby with his knees. And I just, I, I don't know, I, I went with longevity. But yeah, he's just he was so incredibly good, so incredibly good. And I'm looking at these numbers now. The funny thing about Yager, he's the only player in the top 15 all time in points who's not Canadian. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Canada runs show. No Americans at all. None. No. Garbage. Do you know off the top of your head who top top American player is? Top American player ever? In points? Like, I want to say Brian Leach. Oh, nah. Forward. It's got to be like uh, Mike Madonna. He's number two. Mm. Oh, Brett Hall. Yeah. He was Canadian, though, or American. He chose American. Yeah, he was born in Canada, but he was born an American yeah. citizen. I, I consider him Canadian, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Because he was born in Canada. That's like all the Canadian tennis players who are playing for Canada. are None of them are born in Canada. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they just live in Canada. They don't even live in Canada anymore. All right, question though. The current players, just off the top of your head, who would you put on the current player of Mount Rushmore? So Crosby, Ovechkin. Okay. Um, just, just current players, right? So that there it gets tough. I'm not putting McDavid there. I haven't seen enough. I mean, I've seen enough, but he just hasn't played long enough. Okay. Um. See, there's not like the names that come to mind. Like, it's funny because there's not like the number one. There's no like Niedermeyer's or Prongers left anymore. 
Um, I mean, Marlowe and Thornton, you could put on. I'm could, going Jumbo, Crosby, Ovechkin, and oh my gosh! I mean, I'm 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 gonna go. I think Mark Andre Fleury. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's Malkin, Kaner. I might put Kaner there. Yeah, I just think Fleury. He's a he's a stud, man. He honestly is an absolute stud. When you when you look at his stats compared to the all time greats, like he is he is a good good goalie. But yeah, Jumbo Crosby, Ovechkin are no brainers, and then the fourth one could be a toss up between anybody. Like you could throw. There's not really any defensemen right now who could. Well, I guess Chara. You could throw Chara in there just based on longevity. He's not a really talented guy, but. Yeah, yeah, right. Not very good. I'm gonna Well, he doesn't put up points. <laughs> Typical Boston Homer just gets all butthurt when I say he's not that good. Yeah, he's not not a ton of points. He's got a lot of points. Like the the defenseman with the most points all time who's active is Brent Burns at twenty seven. Yep. And Char is thirty. And he's played 500 more games than Burns. It's funny, like, looking at, like, Roman Hamerlick. This is up on this list. Teppo Newman. Gosh. Okay, here's a question. Yeah. This is for the fans, too. All time, all time, who has the best plus minus of all time? That's, don't look at your computer screen. That's a crazy stat. Why? I don't know. I mean, this is ridiculous. I would... Bobby's got to be up there. Bobby's number two. No way. Uh, yeah. I don't even have a guess. A number. I mean, is Bork up there too? It's Larry Robinson. Oh. Yeah, it's impossible to guess. Ray Bork was number three. Nice. Larry Robinson, 722. That's <laughs> insane. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. He's way ahead of the next guys. Lidstrom was another name that came up a lot on these, uh, these lists from Mount yeah. Rushmore. But you can't pair him next to Bobby or Ray Bork or like I would even take a um a, uh Al McKinnis over him or Dennis Potvin or those okay guys. no not over I think Lidstrom's number three Paul Coffey yeah you think he's better than Paul Coffey yes you're you're crazy you're so crazy you're on in defenseman he would not even be in my top five Nicholas Lidstrom yes like I take Larry Robinson over him Okay. All right. Well, what? What? <laughs> I want to like. What about a guy like Larry Murphy? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I these are just names to me. Like, I I don't really know as you much. You don't know hockey too much, so I don't I know the history it. of the game. That's but true. I mean, I I would think that Lidstrom's on anyone's top five. I I I would say yeah, he would maybe be on my top five. It would be an argument. I I would go my top three are Bork, Coffee. Like I like Larry Robinson. That's just me. So and then well Bobby. Bork Bork, Bobby, and Coffee. Those are my top three. Yeah. Yeah. Can't argue with that. All right. We're getting a little long. We got we gotta talk to Alex Smith. MTU we got, Captain. We got Go one ahead. more thing to discuss though. What? The what, latest what, what, segment what? of Hall or Not. Oh. Yes. I love this segment. We do it once a year. I love <laughs> yeah, we gotta do better at it. We've had so many interviews lately, we haven't needed it. But, I know. So we did this a few weeks back, um, and we talked about Ryan Getzloff, who we ultimately gave the no to. You said the no right now. No right now. We'll see what the rest of his career looks like, but it's not looking call good. Call me later. Yeah. I said call me later. Um, but we're talking next now. And this one, again, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on this one. I'm, I'm not going to tell you how I lean until I hear your response. So let's, let's 
I want to hear gut reaction. That's a smart option, by the way, because you're just going to hopefully agree with me. I'm going to give you the name. I want the first, without looking at anything, gut reaction, and then we'll dig into his numbers a little bit, okay? Okay, I'm not going to look at anything. All right. Jason Spezza. No. No. Okay. Do you want to look at That's my... I'm sure he's put up decent points. I don't... When I think of the Hall of Fame, I want a player who's like a, a superstar, who who is like a legit superstar. He wasn't even the best player on his team for a long time. Like he he was a superstar though. He's putting up ninety points in one of the best lines ever with Healy and yeah. Alfredson. He wasn't the best guy in that line. That doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. No, I don't think so. Sorry, Spez. He's a great player. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. No. No, not even close. I would pick Getzlaff over him. Yeah, I mean he he never won a cup. Um, yeah, he never even made an Olympic team. No, I don't know why you would even bring this option to the table. This was a scramble job by you. <laughs> no, I mean he's he's put up some serious numbers in his career, but just under what, point. What's his point total? Nine fifteen. Okay, that's not Hall of Fame worthy. Yet. He hasn't done anything else. He's going to get a 1,000. Yeah, that's not Hall of Fame worthy these days. People play so long. The, the Hall of Fame criteria is changing because guys' careers are lasting so incredibly long. If you look like the games played for players, in I would say five years from now, the top 10 are going to be guys who just retired because the average career 30 years ago was like 12 years. Now it's the average career is going to be 15 to 20 years, no problem. I, I don't disagree with you, but I think if you score a thousand points, you have to at least have a conversation. You have yeah, to... a conversation. Sure. The, let's have a conversation. Is he going to be a Hall of Fame? No. <laughs> that's a great. That's a good conversation. All that's right. that's where it should start and begin. I, I don't think he is going to be in the Hall of Fame. There's other guys more deserving than him. All is right. Alfredson in the Hall of Fame, Daniel? Uh, I don't think so. Not yet. He's he's more deserving than him, Spezza. Just based on sheer leadership, like there's there's more factors than just points that goes in the Hall of Fame. Spezza didn't really didn't really move the needle for me too much as a dangerous hockey player on the ice. He was sick sick hands, but that's a, he was a one dimensional player. That's all. That's that's my two cents. If I, when we were going into a game and we had the game plan versus Spezza, wasn't too hard. You know, get a guy on him. Hopefully, he doesn't beat you too bad. He's a, he's lethal on the power play. Don't give him too much space. So. No, sorry, Tim. What was what was your thoughts? No, I, I was thinking no, okay. but I didn't think it was. I didn't. I thought it was a little closer than how you how you're acting. But yeah, I would say ultimately no. We're at the same place. When now. I when I was like 15, I got a job as a counselor at a hockey camp for a few weeks, and I was like in charge of just kind of moving kids around. Like, let's go from the rink to the workout area to the lunchroom. That was my job. Yep. I might have been 16. The the celebrity person who was there to teach the kids one day, he probably got paid like 40 grand with Spezza. Really? He came and I was like, cool. It was him and um, I think Ray Emery. Those two guys showed up and they were like already established. I think they just got drafted or something. I was like, oh man, this is cool. Jason that is cool. Spezza. Were you were you taller yeah. than him? He's a tall yeah. boy. Yeah, well, he's, you know, in comparison, I was taller. But yeah, he was, it was cool. He had unbelievable hands unbelievable hands you know i was playing with him like 10 years later he's got one of uh one of my favorite goals of all time the the big toe drag early on in his, his career go check it out and if you watch it on youtube he's pretty good 
I cannot picture it, but I'm sure it's uh, – he played with a long stick. He really did. And, yeah, he could just drag that puck. Was he a, the, the dog, one, baby. The one that got in trouble for, like, shaving his stick, too, for shaving his blade. Have you ever, you ever seen that know. video? Yeah, he would, no. like – he would he would shave his blade. He had some illegal curves and stuff, and he got in trouble for it more than once. I don't mind that stuff. You know, if, if you can do it and perform – I tried to doctor my stick, like – not a lot of times, but just, you know, well, what if we did this? What if we did that? I was still a bad hockey player. Like, <laughs> yeah. You still have to be able to handle the stick. And, you know, anybody can throw a wicked curve on their stick. You still got to be able to use it. Right. You know, yeah, I, I still couldn't, I couldn't do a thing. I'm like, oh, what if I do a curve or this curve? I would take like Bernsey's curve. I, I couldn't raise the puck. So it was just embarrassing. Anyone have but, just like ridiculous banana curves? Oh, there's a few guys, yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna, some of them are still some of them are still playing, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. there was some like Ovechkin has a a boomerang for a stick. Really, that guy? Oh my word! I don't know how like people don't just check him all the time. Massive hook. It's crazy. It's surprising yeah. that he does so well with the one timers with a curve like that. It's in his flex. I I've heard his flex is only. I have one of his sticks over there. I should go get it. That's funny, but yeah, Ovi, that's cool. What's the best stick in your collection? Um, Timu Solane. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Funny story about that. I, I got it and I was all jacked and my trainer was texting the, testing the flex in the back room and snapped it in half. I'm like, come on, man. No. So I have it and I taped it back together and you know, it's, I'm not going to ask Solane. It was his last year. So I got one of his last six. I tried to get a Yager. I tried to get a Brodeur, but they said, no, they dusted me. <laughs> so I know. Anybody ever ask you? Yeah, me and Peros exchanged once, and I just the tough guys would ask me for my sticks. Yeah, so and then nah, nobody really wanted them. I was given away by the end of my career. <laughs> hey, kid, you want a stick? <laughs> like now nah, we're good. We're waiting for somebody else. All right, you right Timmy, tee it up for Alex Smith. Yeah, well, I I am actually interested for this one. It was interesting to talk to him because his season was cut short. They were gonna head into the second round of playoffs when the COVID thing hit, and he's a senior, so. Is he's done. He was planning to go play in Milwaukee after this for the, the Admirals and the AHL. That got kibosh, so he doesn't know what he's going to do, his cocky career. It's kind of up in the air. He was going to sign with Milwaukee on a PTO. They canceled that, obviously, because they ended their season, and so now he's just working out on his own. So it was a really fascinating conversation to kind of just pick his brain of because he's in the unknown. He doesn't have a contract. He, he wasn't drafted. He's just kind of sitting there waiting to see what happens. And it's, it's really kind of fascinating to hear his mindset and, you know, what, what he's up to these days. So, yeah, Alex Smith interviewed him before a few times, I think, on the show. Friend this, of the this, show. This is his third interview. I like this kid. I like him a lot. I do too. I, th- I bet you Tech would have won the national championships if, uh, you know, they would have played it out. But stinking China. I bet you're right. COVID-19. We'll never know. We could simulate it. They were strong down. They were strong down the middle. But anyways, Tim, always a pleasure, my man. Yeah. Talk to you next week. By the way, everybody, Tim has a mustache. You can't see it. Oh, should we talk about your video game competition? The the guy that's in the video games? No, no, no. You playing a fan. Oh a yeah. Fans. Yeah. yeah, if I got. Well, I got the new uh NHL Xbox game, NHL twenty over the weekend. It's really good. It was a big jump over NHL nineteen. Like they they release new ones every year. Sometimes it's only like incrementally better. This one feels a lot better, which is kind of cool. Um and I'm I'm feeling cocky about it. So if anyone wants to play me and, and if you can beat me, I'll send you some merch. 
So uh, let's put something on Twitter where, and then I would like to maybe take clips of it and throw it on. What team are you going to be? Depends. I like being the Bruins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's put something online and we'll, we'll set something up where you can play. And I I'd like to watch that game if possible. Yeah. We could stream it on Twitch or something. I mean, I think like my, my only real strategy when picking teams is picking a team with a good goalie. Cause that's the only thing you can't control. Then why do you pick the Bruins? <laughs> Cause it's the only thing you can't control. Like I can, I can do anything with any player, but if the goalie oh, lets in the you. soft goals, <laughs> you're just so cocky. I hope whoever wins, wins this competition works Tim and works him hard. Cause he always, he's just like so cocky. He just is so cocky. Well, I played the first few games online and I just, I was just dummying everyone. And then I was feeling all, you know, all cocky about it. But someone told me like, you you get masked against people on your at your skill level and because it was yeah. a brand new game and a brand new profile for me it thought i'd never played before so it was putting me against like who knows you like were playing some seven-year-old kid in bangladesh yeah and you were just working him, and he just doesn't even know what hockey is i know i'm like why Good are these people you. playing me i would it's called like a rage quit if you if you quit like in the first period because you're just losing for nothing it's like i'm not gonna yeah. waste my time it would happen to me every game I would just people. I couldn't complete a game, but they they would just lose and quit. You better be careful because you could get absolutely destroyed, and you could rage quit and then never want to play the game again. And everyone would be watching, and I would owe somebody oh, some merch. Dozens of people would know about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim. Let's get to Alex Smith. Thank you guys for listening. I hope everyone's staying safe, and uh, we appreciate the listens, everybody. Tell your friends. We love getting more listeners. We the sure do. Best the best hockey podcast in the in the land, I think. My mom Don't thinks you? so too. Yeah, she does. All right, everybody. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Peace. So where are you right now? Yeah, I'm in Edmonton. I'm back home. So I came home a couple weeks ago from uh, Michigan. And uh, I think I'm in the same position as pretty much everyone else, just staying home and <laughs> following what um, everyone's telling us to do. So I was, it's so fascinating. I was following the whole thing and you guys pulled off a huge win versus Northern Michigan to advance to the second round of the WCHA playoffs. I'm all pumped up. I'm ready to go. I'm getting ready for the second round. You're playing Ferris or Mankato. Which one was it? Mankato. Mankato. So you're getting ready to play Mankato. When do you guys get the call telling you guys that the season's did you did they say it was canceled right away or did they say we're gonna postpone it? So it was it's sort of funny because we we have uh, such long travels, so we leave uh, Wednesday, so we go halfway Wednesday to Duluth and then halfway on Thursday, and uh, we were supposed to practice Thursday night, and um, we we're on our way, so we were already it was Thursday we were. We were leaving Duluth, and um, about a couple hours in, we were all following on Twitter, seeing all the leagues and uh, Big Ten, March Madness, stuff like that, sort of uh, getting canceled. And uh, we had heard that maybe it would be um, they were going to change the format to a one game where Friday we would play Mankato in a one game series instead of three game. And then Sunday would be the championship game to just sort of uh, get everything going quick. And then uh, before you know it, we our coach um, told us that it had been canceled. And then it was completely canceled. No chance of a makeup date. Just, they just ended it. Right. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like the NBA or NHL where they're sort of just wait and see. It was, it was canceled. And uh, that was, that was the end of it. So you hear this on the bus or 
Like what's, what's going, where did you hear this news? Where were you guys? Yeah. So we, we actually pulled over uh, into a gas station parking lot and uh, he sort of, uh, the coach just came back and told us what, that the season's canceled and um, stuff like that. So it happened so quickly. It didn't really set in for, for almost a couple of days that it was just done. So you just turned the bus right around. We're going back to Houghton. Yeah, it was a long bus ride back. So we just turned around. We were about uh, an hour away from, from where we were going, and we, we drove back. It was seven or something hours back to Houghton right away. So we just turned around and went home. Wow. So what – you're a senior. You've been at Tech for four years. This was your last hurrah. What goes through your head when you first hear Shawnee say, hey, the, the season's canceled? Does, does he pull the seniors aside? Does he grab you guys? Or how does that play out? It, it was a weird situation. It was just on the bus. So he just sort of told everyone he yeah. said uh, he felt bad for the seniors and stuff. But, I mean, like I, I was telling people, like it's sort of you envision like uh, your career ending certain ways. And it's it's almost you'd rather, you'd rather lose or something where there's just an end to it than – it just stop abruptly like that. It's sort of a weird way to end, and especially your senior season. Yeah, it's just got to feel so just not complete, right? You're just sitting like, okay, well, now what? So how does that – so you, you get back to tech, and classes, are they, are they canceled at that point, or do you have to regroup and try to get ready for classes and, all, like, finish up your senior year? Yeah, so classes actually got canceled Tuesday. Um, so Tuesday we left Wednesday, and um, so they were canceled till I think it was April seventeenth. Now they're canceled right through um, graduation, and everything's canceled, which I mean is very understandable. But yeah, they were canceled before, so we got back and um, we we just had, got together as a team, sort of, and went from there. Any kind of team party to end the year, or gathering, or just a couple of drinks with the boys? How do you? How do you? like end a year like that it's so unsatisfying yeah it, it really is I mean that that's a good way to put it there's just it's just an empty feeling almost and um yeah so we just got back had some had some drinks together and then um everyone in the next couple of days sort of dispersed and went back home no kidding so everyone just went back yeah like you're back at Edmonton everyone just that's crazy so what does the school say so when you went home you're like okay we'll finish up in a month We'll just go home for a little break. Was there any like online classes you were supposed to do? Did the professors give you any indication that way? Or it was just like, all right, we'll let you know. Yeah, everything's online now. So um, we're do I'm doing all my classes online as is everyone else. And it's, it's, it's not too hard of a transition. It's hard to stay motivated sometimes and do your schoolwork when it feels like you're on summer vacation. But um, yeah, everything's online. So it's not too big of a transition because we hand most things in online now. I mean, you're not handing in essays or papers um, to the professor. So it, it's not too bit, big of an adjustment. I know it's a bummer. I was supposed to do an event in Edmonton um in a couple of weeks and it got canceled too it was like a big charity hockey tournament it's a bummer we could have hung out smitty if yeah only. that would have been perfect that would have been perfect so now where does this put your your hockey career like did you have any aspirations i know a lot of college seniors after the season they go play whether it's in the coast or the a or some even to the nhl was there any aspirations in that regard to good to go after the season yeah, so I was going to uh, Nashville's AHL affiliate in Milwaukee, and uh, I was pretty excited for that, so that I would have went uh, when my season finished. So now it's sort of 
um, where the top guys are signing NHL contracts now, and then everyone else, uh, including me, sort of in in a sort of wait and see. And so uh, I have an agent, and he he's obviously uh, working hard for me to find me find me a place for next year. So it's just sort of a waiting game now. I think that's what people don't get. Like, there's so many guys in that holding pattern, that gray area, where it affects not just the NHL guys who aren't playing in the AHL. There's a whole crop of kids. This is their time to like show teams exactly what they could do for them and what they can bring to the table. And the last 20 games of the season is almost like a tryout for your whole career. It's like, it's such a huge time for you. So it does Nashville own your rights. No, no, I was just going there on a, on a PTO sort of thing. So like you said, it, it is it is sort of disappointing in the sense where you sort of, uh, for somebody in my position, has to go there and prove prove that you can play at that level and then go from there. So it, it's disappointing, but, I mean, everyone's in the same position. It's not like it's it's just me or anything. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I'm sure you'll be fine. So what's what's the next step? Are you, are you online to graduate then? Yeah, so uh, obviously, like graduations uh, canceled, so I won't be able to walk the stage or anything. Which I mean, I'm not too disappointed about. My mom might be a little bit more disappointed than me about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I I don't know how that's going to work. They might do a virtual grad or something online. I'm not. I'm not even sure. And then you just start training, getting ready for yeah. next season. I'm sure you'll get options. Like I can't imagine you don't find somewhere to stick on with and. They'll give you an opportunity. You're too good not to get an opportunity somewhere. So you just going to train? Yeah, I, all the gyms are closed too. So I'm just trying to stay in shape at home and go from there. I'm sure, hopefully, I mean, nobody really knows, but hopefully it's not too long and uh, can get back into the gym with my trainer here and stuff like that and start skating again. So for the people listening, all I think there's a, we get about 100,000 a week. Um, Michigan Tech – their biggest rival is Northern Michigan. I compare it to Michigan, Ohio State, or for the football fans, it's like an Alabama, Auburn. There's a lot of hatred, a lot of history there. So your final game was a triple overtime win to knock them out of the playoffs and for you guys to advance. Does that give you any sort of solace or just like, okay, my last game was a win in college? Like how, does that kind of – does it leave you a little bit feeling good? It does. It does for sure. I mean, when you think about it, uh, uh, even my first two years, we, we won the WCHA and went to the tournament and you still end up your last game losing uh, unless you win a national championship. So it's sort of a unique situation where we did win our last game and uh, and to, to like add to it against Northern Michigan. I mean, that that's pretty satisfying, especially um, after what happened in our last series. So we played them four straight games and uh, we beat them obviously three out of four, but uh, this the last game of the regular season uh, they beat us at home, and uh, a guy from their team after he scored the the game, what went on to be the game winner went and planted the flag at, at center ice. On no, he did not. Yeah. So so then wow. so then after the triple OT win to to eliminate them, and uh, we we went and did that as a team at their logo. So it's it's pretty fun way to end when you when you look back on it. I'll look back on that. And, in the years to come and be pretty, pretty happy about how that. Oh, happened. if you have a picture of that, you got to send it to me. I would love to see that. That's cool. I yeah. love the rivalry, man. That's so cool. Mm.